Welcome back, everyone, to the Bet on Her podcast. Today we have um, a very interesting person. I might, I might add or say, um, a gardener, professional beach volleyball player, five-time AVP semifinalist, two-time national champion at UCLA, Zana Muno. Thank you for being here. Welcome. Thank you for having Welcome. me. What an intro. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so you know, they're getting better and better as we progress with more episodes. Yeah, that was amazing. And I love like, you know, the little tidbits is great. <laughs> yeah, give a shout out. Um, how are you? First of all, I'm good. I'm good. I just got back from Europe after like a three day trip. So I'm like all over the place, but I'm good. Yeah. I mean, uh, your your social media is like sprinkled with a lot of adventures and travel yeah, I definitely love that. I feel like part of why I love beach volleyball is like, you know, the lifestyle. And so, yeah, in off season, I do a lot of traveling and my boyfriend lives in Europe. So I'm all over the place. But and so you said you were just in Turkey visiting yeah. him um, for how many days? Three. Three days. Wow. So <laughs> far trip for three days. But um, yeah, how was that? It was good. It was good. I think was not planned and in his contract like his club gives me a flight and I was just looking at the calendar and I was like I don't think I'm going to be able to go and my partner was like going to be gone for three days and I'm like well let's send it um so like the week before they bought my ticket and I went travel was like 40 hours there and back and I was there for 72 hours so it was good but it's just like nice to have a little check-in and like see each other to break up the distance so it was really nice and um he's playing in turkey mm -hmm. and he wasn't affected by the earthquake no thank god he was like really far away but like a lot you know his whole league is shut down for the next month like a lot of his teammates were from there lost people like one of the leagues below their league lost like 10 guys they were all in like a they all lived in a hotel that went down it's it's like really devastating and i don't know my prayers for everybody there. Yeah, that's that's really sad. You were telling me a story yesterday um, that was really sad also about the the significant other, other of the, was it a basketball player? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This girl I, like, follow on TikTok. She's, like, a, <laughs> a wife of a basketball player who plays overseas. And if for anybody that's, like, dated somebody that lives over there, it's, like, a commitment and it's a totally different lifestyle. So I, like, she always posts about living in Turkey. So I follow her and she is from or they live in Gaziantep which is where the earthquake was and her husband was on an away trip so she like felt the earthquake at 4 a.m went downstairs by herself got in her car and just sat in her car for like three days and her building came down and like had no her phone died she like couldn't contact her husband like and she's in a foreign country she doesn't speak Turkish like nothing and it was just like wild and I've been following her for a while and she's just like my parents literally thought I was gone for like five days before I could like finally contact them and so so wild so count our blessings yeah seriously it's so sad what happened over there and scary but yeah. I'm glad that she's okay and you know it's great though that you can find a little bit of time in between to visit Micah um, I know that long distance relationships are not easy so that was something that I kind of want to touch base on because yeah. I feel like we have that totally. um, to relate on before um, but yeah kind of maybe just talk a little bit about the struggles and also the amazing times yeah. that you guys have together <laughs> I know I was telling him I was like what do you think we'd still like each other if we saw each other every day <laughs> oh god no but I asked him recently or when I was there I was like what would be we do this thing where like we podcast and like We'll like just sit down, turn off all of our phones and like record ourselves and like we'll have like notes and like 
we'll just podcast, but it doesn't go anywhere. Um, but I like called in and I was like, Micah, like, what's your number one advice for like long distance people? Um, and he said that he, you have to like really invest in their lives and like why they're doing what they're doing. Cause then you can like support them better and like understanding and like loving their passions and like really diving into each other's careers or whatever reason you guys are apart is like essential. Otherwise you can't do it. There's like tension or whatever. But if you're like, he's like so excited for my volleyball every day asking, we watch film together, like all of that. And then vice versa. So I feel like that's a big one for us is just like being like a big part of our journeys and like diving into that. But yeah, I guess it's definitely not easy. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just like when you really like somebody, it's kind of worth it, I feel like. And we both know that for us to be like best in the long run, we have to pursue what we want to do now. So that way, when it is time for us to like be together, we can be, you know, our best selves and like ready to take that step instead of like one of us stopping early and having regret or anything like that. So we've just like had to have a lot of conversations and it's been four years of doing worlds long distance. So like, you know, it's like, it's hard, but for us so far, it's been going well enough. We still think it's like a good relationship and get something, some value out of it. So yeah, no, that's amazing. It is, it is tough um, for sure. But the fact that you guys are both pursuing your dreams and supportive right. of each other, that's, you know, more than you can ask for. Totally. Yeah. What sacrifices have you and Micah both made for your relationship? Gosh. Both pursuing, you know, your dreams of yeah. he's pursuing indoor and you're pursuing right. beach. Oh my God. I feel like so many. <laughs> Let's get um, into it. Yeah. I feel like for me, I have to like swallow because I want to be here training. And I feel like when I'm there, I have a lot of guilt for not being here. But um, for both of us, it's just like knowing that for our best selves, like to be the player we want to be, we also have to be like solid as humans and so for me that means filling all my buckets which he's a very large part of that so I guess like the sacrifice of just like you know living in foreign country and going to gyms in Poland or Turkey or wherever where I don't speak the language and just doing cardio by myself in like a gym in the middle of nowhere like those kinds of things are kind of challenging but also so fun like such an adventure so uh and then for him like He's made a ton of sacrifices in terms of like the national team. He didn't do one year and he, we like spend all summer together because when he comes home from Europe, a lot of times they go to the national team gym and they're gone kind of all over again. Um, and so I don't know. I think that the biggest thing is that we just we always say like you both have to really want it and you both have to constantly try and constantly make effort for each other. And so like he wakes up at 7 a.m. every morning no matter what so he can talk to me before I go to bed. So it's like those kinds of things. And then just like he I know that like even if I don't know, no matter what, he's doing something every day where like he's really making an effort to prioritize our relationship. So just those little things are like me, like in the middle of season, traveled 48 hours to like see him for 72 hours. You know, it's just like constantly putting in a little bit of work here and there is just the most important thing. And I feel like it's what made us successful. I just I have to ask. How many miles have you traveled? Oh my God, I don't know. I have like, also I have flight benefits. I think everybody just thinks I like spend millions of dollars traveling, but my grandma works for the airline. So I fly on United standby for free. So I can just like look wow. at it. Yeah, it's like a game. I don't know if we would still be together if I didn't have that because it's like. Have you flown first class yet? Oh or Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're not first, you're last. <laughs> yeah, it's like once you, once you go first class, you oh can't go back. Oh my God, it's 
Yeah. What I'm best? Nervous. What airlines have you um, been on? That's like the best first class. Well, my grandma's only with United. Okay. So um, I've I just fly United usually. I've flown a Swede Swiss Air first class, and that was like I got like uh chilean sea bass which is my favorite food and it was one of the best chilean sea bass that i've had and it was like in the freaking air it was so cool nice that's awesome yeah that's that's a lot of miles that's good though um so then you know you were saying it was last summer where he took the time Mm -hmm. off and um you know you were in between partners a lot of the time um and i feel like i remember seeing he would jump in and be your blocker so uh my first question is how do you guys play together? We play really well. Well, I think, I don't know. He probably hates me, but <laughs> I like, how, I just have so much respect for him as a player. He's so good that I'm like, if he has something to say, I'm like, okay, you're definitely right. You know, like, yeah. I feel like it wouldn't be the case with as that many people, but for him, if he's like going to give me advice or anything, but he does piss me off sometimes <laughs> <laughs> because he likes to do things like his way. I don't know if, if you ever watched him play he's like freaking jumping all up like just so dramatic and he's my blocker and he like will like not go to the net after he serves and he's like well it doesn't make any sense if i'm gonna pull and i'm like but just do it it helps every- it's like it helps i just i'm practicing here this isn't about you and he's like well it just doesn't make any sense so we both pulled up youtube videos and like are sending each other clips of why it makes sense <laughs> so i mean we do play well together most of the time but that's like the one thing that drives me nuts but i feel like I don't know. I'm just like, he also like coached me almost like all summer last year, um, like in between partners and stuff. Like it would just be me and whoever I was with and he'd serve balls and he'd give feedback. And like, I, I think relatively to a lot of couples, we do really well. And I just think it's cause I trust his advice so much. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, I like to ask that question a lot of time because I feel like significant, significant others oh, yeah. a lot of the time do not play well together. Yeah. Like Eric and I, we do well up until he like gets angry at me once and then and then I don't speak to him for like (laughs) 10 points and he's like, I'm over it. And I'm like, well, Well, I'm not now. (laughs) You started it. Yeah. But, you know, anyway, that's that's super fun that you guys had that. You guys should do a a match between Gina and Eric and Micah. I'm good. (laughs) Who would take that battle? I would be there to film it. (laughs) I'll keep scoring ref. The thing is, though, like I'm not competitive outside of like the competitive sport like unless it's like a tournament i can't like really go for it interesting i don't know yeah there's some people that are just yeah always competitive right but yeah i like feel like Micah. i'm similar yeah Micah's he's like, very competitive oh, yeah. his like, no jump game is insane really we had Pratt. we've trained last oh, yeah, year yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah, 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 me and delaney and um yeah, yeah, yeah. i was like oh my gosh his serve his standing serve he just like his hand on the ball he's nuts he's an all-around amazing volleyball player. Yeah. He's, and how fortunate you get to have him in your box I as know. a player and as a coach and your best friend. Yeah. And just to, like, we know the value of having a coach is, like, so nice. And just, like, every day for him to be like, oh, I'll serve balls. And, like, alone from being my boyfriend, I'm just like, you're free. Let's do it. Like, <laughs> Speaking of um, being competitive, um, how do you mentally prepare yourself for um, an event, whether that's a match or – internationally or here locally a lot of it is like I don't I think like the night before I'll do like a little bit of research or whatever a little bit of film um but I try and keep it pretty simple and like stay away from overthinking because I think that's like my biggest enemy um so 
for me, it's like kind of distracting myself having fun and like, cause I want to bring good energy onto the court. So like I've said this before, but like I would rather like Sarah Pavin and I before Phoenix, we went shopping and got cute outfits. And like, that was the best pregame that I could possibly imagine. Like we got out there, we looked so cute. It was so fun. There's like great energy to step onto the court. And so I try and do that in like any way that I can, where it's like getting a great meal or like dancing and like having good music. Like it's all about having like good energy for me. So that way when you step on the court, it's not like tense. Like I feel like I struggle when it's like an international tournament and all of a sudden like you get on the court and now you're playing in like seven minutes and I'm like, don't even know where my glasses and I'm just like all scattered. So just like trying to be like really prepared as well and like early and like getting ahead, like be there two hours early instead of like potentially having a little bit of rushed. You know, going back to kind of, you know, you played with Sarah Pavin um, and you played with a bunch of different players last season. Like what's the mindset then that you had going into each event? So obviously, you know, playing with different people. Yeah. Um, it was tough. I mean, like it's totally. pretty, it, you did amazing. Like you had top finishes with all these different partners. You're playing on the left, playing on the right. Like what kind of mindset shift did you have or going into, you know, playing with so many different people? Yeah, I don't know. I think that it, it wasn't as hard as I thought just to actually play with them on the court. I feel like off the court, like, okay, who am I going to play with? Like the unknowns and all that. Once I stepped on the court, to me, I've never done had one partner for that long or done one side of the court or anything for that long for it to be such a big adjustment. I feel like it's just uh, show up and do your best kind of thing. It takes a little bit of the pressure off, which is really nice. Um, I think that, like I said, the stress of like the unknown and like trying to figure it out and the, oh no, now I don't have a partner. That part was like really challenging for me. But once I stepped on the court, it's just like the same sport, you know, just try and have a good time and try and win, you know, try and find a way. And to me, like, that's kind of my favorite thing to do is like finding a way. So it it works out okay. And I feel like my style of play is suited well for playing with whoever or anything. So um, on the court, it's like less of a struggle than like the mental off the court sadness. (laughs) To kind of build off of that too, I guess, what advice would you have for up and comers or younger athletes that are kind of dealing with playing with a lot of different people? What is, um, yeah, I mean, I just think like the more versatile you are as a player, the better. And like, I feel like I got have so far in my career had like incredible opportunities to play with like pretty amazing players. And I feel like a lot of that has to do with like, okay, you want to play left? Great. I'll play, you know, like you want to not train here. I can train by myself, you know, just having like, the flexibility has been huge for me and given me a ton of opportunities. Even like I'll split, we could, I'll find a way to make it work with how, whoever. And that alone has given me opportunities to play with people and just like learn from them and do well. And so I feel like that's huge. What have you learned from some certain partners that you've played with that have helped you with your game and where you are today? Oh my God, literally so much because I've played with so many people. <laughs> I think like part of one of the learning lessons I've had is like what I like in a player because I've been able to see different things from so many different people. It's like, oh, I love this part about her. Like, how can I be like that? Or how can um, I look for partners that have that those qualities? Because I've experienced so many different people, I've like experienced so many different personalities, strategies, like athletes, like the whole spectrum. Um, And then... What else? I think like playing with Sarah Pavin and Lauren Fendrick this year, they just have so much experience and 
you know, learning how they operate off the court too, just like their pregame, their traveling, like all of those kinds of things. I even, I was listening to the April podcast. She travels with three suitcases. Yeah, She brings a mattress. I was like, (laughs) I love you so much more now. Like a girl after my own heart. Like, oh my God. Anyway, side note. But uh, yeah, just like the, the veterans, like I've loved getting to know and just like their experience of being a professional volleyball player through all the cycles of the sport and like, from for Sarah, like we both started indoor and well, Lauren as well, but like that indoor mentality and like, I don't know, I think too, just getting to know the people because in the sport, it's like such weird tension and like, yeah. oh, you know, other side of the net. Oh, what are the rumors? What do people say? But just like, oh, I never expected to play with you. And now here we are. And like, oh my God, you're actually like this. Like I never expected that. So that's been like a, one of my favorite parts for sure. How important is communication between you and your partner? I feel like probably won't like this answer, but it's not that important in my life. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Once we got the basics down, like we just, as long as we're on the same page to go play our hardest and try and win, as long as we have the same common goal, then like that's all that, you know, once you're on the court, as long as you're both trying to win and you're both willing to work, like I don't really care, you know? And sometimes you don't have the opportunity to like, okay, these are exactly what I'm looking for. This is the type of partner I want. But, like, if we just look down to the basics, like, we're both here to win. We both have the same goal. Let's find a way. Um, that's been a big lesson for me. It's like having your priorities aligned. So, yeah, it worked out well for you. You've had some very phenomenal fin- finishes. So, well, I've played with really good people. Yes, you have. <laughs> um, going back to the comment of all of the pressure and all of the, the, um, the thoughts that go on, on and off the court, what, what is your me time? And how do you detach yourself from that? Oh, my gosh. That's such a good question. I feel like very, very important and something I've done well for most of my career. I think last year I really struggled with that because um, I think with all of the partner switches it just and I'm just wanting so badly to do well, um, I felt like I was doing me time, but I never really detached from volleyball. Like I would be, oh, I'm going to go do a weekend with my friends. But the whole time I'm like, okay. What am I doing? Then am I work out? Like, and it just sort of like tailspin a little bit. Um, I feel like last year was like a little bit of a, a low point or a low season for me. I just, in terms of not results or volleyball, but just like in me. Um, and I think it's because I didn't separate myself. I didn't allow myself to like enjoy the things that I love. Um, and so it's a constant battle for me for sure. Um, And a big part of that is just like enjoying the people I'm around when I'm around them and just being present. And so whatever it is for whoever, just like being present for me, it's like gardening or spending time with loved ones or like animals are like big for me or I don't know, the earth is like my favorite thing in the world. So like going and watching the sunset or going to my parents' house and gardening or playing with chickens or anything like that. For me, it's always been about the earth. Um, in some way, like connecting to the ground um, is like how I do my me time, but it's definitely an ongoing process and something I need to remind myself of. Yeah, I think that's really important to talk about because, um, you know, it's true. Like we do have me time, but a lot of the time for me, I'm still thinking about the volleyball aspect, totally, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, I don't know if you can relate, but like I've had, you know, like anxiety issues before because struggling to figure out like who am I going to play with or like not having the finishes and then worrying about being back in the qualifier for me like a couple years ago so you know there's definitely um 
a lot of that I feel like that players don't talk about that's really important in our sport yeah. especially because it is so self-driven and it right. is so determined by who you're playing with or the point system of it all right. so um yeah I think I mean that's I mean I think that's great you brought it up because it's really important to talk about yeah I mean like I can say like last year where I was a freaking mess like anxiety wise like I just was unwell um and I just feel like I've been thinking a lot about it and I feel like I'm in a much better place and a different mindset now, but we live like our sport is just so not decided upon ourselves. Like there's so many external and uncontrollable factors. And I feel like it's really easy to become like a victim because it's like, Oh, well this happened to me. Like you can't control that much. Like even in terms of like the tours and what the, like how they change everything so often, it's really easy to be like, a victim of all of these situations and circumstances and so I think reminding myself that I'm not a victim and that I am in control of my own situation um and then also just like trying to find the like why are we doing this you know like and how lucky and how blessed we are and like I we saw or I saw whales at practice yesterday yeah I, you like, I walked up and you were like look at the whales out there like that's, that's so cool I just saw it on Instagram I was like <laughs> well there's a whale in her like mouth, so. whales like that's so cool so trying to remember those types of things when it when you really don't remember it when you're like in your room counting points or in your room counting dollars or like whatever it is like um I think that's huge but it, anxiety like took me over took me down last year and so it bled definitely onto the court and into my self-confidence and um definitely something I have to actively work on because I mean it's we we perform our sport is like a performance it's so public and we're half naked and there's just so many like yeah things and now there's partners that can leave there's no contractual obligation there's no guaranteed money there's no tour that's really vouching you know like there's so many things and so it's definitely a real thing and I think we should definitely be talking about it. You're totally right. Um, and so I have had anxiety. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that it that's interesting because you're on top of everything you just said, your guys' entire worth on the tour is based off of a number. That is your rank and your points. And that essentially defines where you are on the pecking order, right? And then on top of that is all the added stress of partnerships and then, you know, whatever topics might be discussed about you that you can't detach yourselves from. So I, I can't even imagine as, as a fan of the sport, you don't, you don't see that side of you guys, you know, you don't see this distress and all that that goes in, in between the sets in between the matches and the tournaments. And, and yeah, I, I think that is something we, we should discuss. Yeah. I mean, you spoke about like identity. Like I feel like everybody here and at the level we're at has been an, an elite volleyball player their whole lives. Like they've played volleyball at the highest level. It's been who they are for so long. And so like, that's a whole nother side of it. It's like, I like, what is your worth? And I think April kind of talked about it too on her episode, but like, that's, it's a lot. And like when it is just like a number and it is like, so clear like okay this is the top team this is the next team whereas like in football per se like you're just a, you know maybe you're not you're a, a part of a team you're on a team yeah yeah like it's so it's a little bit less individualized and a little bit less in your face of where you stand and your worth essentially so it's a brutal sport <laughs> yeah it's just dealing with the uncertainty and the unknown and how do you approach that day in and day out and whether you have a partner or not you kind of have to look out for yourself but it's also it's scary it's you can go down that dark hole and like, what's my why? What am I doing this? Why am I doing? Why am I out here? But um, it's just nice to have like 
a community too that you're not alone. There are other athletes that are going through this and just reach out. Yeah, that's the thing is like, I don't, I think people might be afraid to talk about this. I don't know, maybe they're uncomfortable. Maybe they don't allow themselves to be vulnerable when this topic comes up. Because I, I do feel like in separate conversations, it is talked about. But I just don't feel like it's talked about publicly. I mean, it is scary. Like, even, like, you know, it's hard to be like, oh, I struggle, you know? Like, but yeah. luckily, I feel like we're in an age where it's a little bit easier to talk about these kinds of things. And I feel like for me personally, like, I just feel so strongly and like being myself and like this is who I am this is what it is and like it's not to like inspire anybody or anything like that but it's just like I want I want people to know what it's really like and what like the highs which are incredible like we saw whales yesterday but also like the lows like it's not the easiest thing and it's not to like pity myself or anything but it's just to like be honest and authentic in that yeah I love that on a lighter note yeah uh definitely want to talk about um, the way that you get grounded, talking about the earth, yeah. your garden, um, your chickens, everything. So okay. um, feel oh free. God. Like I don't even know where to go. I'm such a nerd about it. Do you <laughs> have have you named your chickens? Oh, Let's yeah, start but, there. Uh, see, you I have a, and you have a chicken coop which you yeah, built. Yeah, by yourself. It's the coolest thing. Zana, like, Zana the builder. No, I want to be a builder. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I. They are named, but I kind of regret the names. I was a different stage in my life when I named them, but their names are like barbecue and Hawaii. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. <laughs> and fried. Are <laughs> you going to say Barbie? <laughs> you're like, teriyaki. you look tasty today, barbecue. No. <laughs> teriyaki. Oh, my gosh, Donna. We need to upgrade the names a little know, bit. But they're on the end of their life, so the next, the next oh, um, round, we'll like name them like Daisy. And <laughs> What's the, the lifespan of a second? Um, they lay only for like four years, three to four years, and then like eight to twelve years of life. But they okay. don't lay for that second half. I mean, I've had I've had real eggs from healthy yeah. chickens before, and it's they're so much better. So different. There's yeah. a difference. Oh my! God. Huge difference. Okay, well I need to figure that out. I feel like Zana's the expert. Yeah, let's okay, well, let's do it. Expert. Okay. Yes, she's the expert. Enlighten <laughs> us. Ready? Go. Okay. Well, there is. Okay, you know how eggs are like MIA right now, and yep. yeah, and they're so expensive. Okay, there's a whole conspiracy theory. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And like, okay, so it's the feed is what they're saying, and all of the feed is essentially manufactured by one place, and this place, Alt Purina, don't buy Purina. They also own the number one egg distributor. And so their eggs are the only ones that aren't eating their feed. And so then they're giving, this is a conspiracy theory, so you know, we don't know. But then they're giving this like feed that makes hens infertile to everybody else. Oh, wow. So that way they can like up their oh. eggs. So that's why I'm paying $10 exactly. for a carton of eggs. Exactly. Yeah, Trader Joe's like doesn't have them. Yeah, Every time I go to the store, they're like out. I'm like, oh. My my Back hands are not anymore. <laughs> um, what? My hands aren't haven't laid. But the also the other side of it is hens don't lay as much in winter. Um, like based on the how much sunlight is there is the length of the day, um, is how much they lay. Um, and so in winter they always slow down quite a bit. And um, so it also has to do with that. So we don't know exactly yet. Like once it's summer, we can confirm that it's like the feed. But for now, we, it also, they do slow down quite a bit in winter. Fascinating. I know. Okay, you guys want another egg fact? Yes. 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 Lay it on us. So you know how Lay eggs oh, are? Puns. Oh. We're dropping puns. <laughs> Come on. 
Um, okay, so you know how our eggs are in the fridge? Mm-hmm. It's because they bleach our eggs in America because they don't like do the testing that they do in Europe. Like if you go to get eggs in Europe, they're not in the fridge. Oh my. And so like if you were to, if I were to give you eggs from my chickens and I didn't wash them, you could just leave them on the counter for like six weeks and they would be fine. But in America, we don't do the testing. So they have to bleach them to get all the stuff off of them. And then they have to be refrigerated because there's like a coating around the egg that keeps it able to stay the same temperature no matter the outside temperature. But with the bleaching, that goes away. So it has to. So then the how how long do the eggs last? Then Three weeks. Three weeks usually, instead yeah. of six. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I need to buy some chickens. Let's yeah. start going to South Bay, you guys. Oh. So we need to build our own chicken coop, have our own chickens. Listen, listen we build a ranch. Our own greens. We, we build a ranch somewhere else. Yes. yes. And we all have our chickens there. Yes. I do want a ranch myself. I think that would be awesome. Like we have some dogs ranch. too. Yes. Yeah. Goats. Goat, Fred. Yeah. Fred the cat will come. Yes. I don't know if cats belong on oh, farm. Are, but we need we need cats okay. to get rid of the mice. The rodents, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Look at you. Full circle. I have learned so much so far. <laughs> I know. I could go on forever. Um, what about, what are you growing right now in your garden? You have a home um, garden and then... Yeah, I have a home garden. Um, we're moving, I think, next year. So I have to like kind of make it so that way it's like not just like a dirt patch when I leave because it wasn't a dirt patch when I got there. So I'm planting flowers this year, which will be really fun. And I've never grown like cut flowers. So I'm going to do that. But then like my staples of like beans and peas I love because they produce so much. And um, I love just eating the snap peas off the bush. It's like the best thing. It makes me feel so happy. Um, and then tomatoes and stuff. But I haven't started planting until all this weather goes away. You were growing corn last year too, yes. which was amazing. It's so cool. In Hermosa Beach. Yes. I'm like, this is very impressive. That's wild. It's so cool. It was like I everybody who would listen to me blabber. I'd be like, you want to come see my corn? I can teach you about how they pollinate <laughs> each other. Yes, I was. Uh, I was there for that. Yeah, you were yeah. a victim of yeah, that. Yeah, I was like, a victim of that. Yeah. <laughs> You're so intense. It was amazing. I love it. You're so I just think it's insane. Like we plant a little seed, and then you have food. Like, and there's like five percent of the U.S. is farmers that feed like the rest of the country. And I just feel like it's so undervalued and so important. And we're just so far away from like where our food comes from. Like we just go to the store and it's beautiful and it's shiny and it's there and perfect, looks great. But like, we don't even know what a tomato plant looks like. How, I just feel like we're so disconnected from that and I'm just obsessed with it all. My mom is a gardener. Oh, yeah. yeah, she uh, is a master gardener. She got this certification and, but she specializes in fruit trees and composting. So, um, so cool. yeah, so she loves to do fruit trees because then she can just plant them and they produce every year. And all you got to do is water them rather than vegetables having to replant. Right. Uh, but yeah, here we, she has like 15 trees of dragon fruit and hearing the pollination of that is super interesting. Like the flower only blooms once in the middle of the night. And if it doesn't get pollinated, then it just dies and doesn't turn into a fruit. So, and they typically are um, pollinated by bats. So I found that super interesting, but. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah, but, um, but she's all about it. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yeah. You need to see Kathy's garden is insane. We have to have a field trip. You, you, yeah, you, you definitely got to come see it. It's um the tripod takes on <laughs> the garden. The garden, yeah. Um, yeah. it's got to be super rewarding to like get your hands in the dirt and to totally. grow something, and also therapeutic in a way totally. too. Um, so is there anything that you want to do for gardening, like for others in the future? Yeah, no, that's like definitely my long term goal. 
um, is I've always wanted to have like a ranch or a farm and have it be like a field trip so I could educate children on the food system. I've also always wanted to have a bed and breakfast where you come, you learn about the food system because I like love hospitality and all that. So come, you can like milk a cow and then we can make lots of, you know, something like that where it's like very like not farm to table, but just learning more about like food and educating. And so that's something that's always been a dream of mine. That's so cool. Yeah. I would stay at that bread and breakfast for sure. Same. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, um, you know, the bed and breakfast and nutrition and teaching, um, what do you do in terms of your nutrition as a professional volleyball player? Oh, gosh. Um, I kind of similarly to like how I love like, you know, gardening and all that. I like believe in that everything that is good for us you know like I it's like more of a philosophy more rather than science because I feel like you can get lost in science and like there's a million ways to think but I just feel like if it grew from the earth that it, like it is meant to nourish our bodies so like um, I'm not super super strict on anything but kind of like a paleo diet where I don't eat a ton of processed food um, and I just try and stay away from things that were made in machines and just sort of stick to fruits, vegetables, meat, protein, uh, fish, you know, things like that. Um, so that's kind of my basic thing, but don't get me wrong. I love a good, like sweet treat all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so kind of going back to like last year, you were voted most fashionable. Yeah. We're going to keep yeah. the creative juices going. Yeah. Okay. We want to get into it because, um, you play in the most amazing suits, outfits, skirts, dresses, where did this, I guess, where did you, or who inspired you? Okay. Um, I, I feel like it was less of an inspiration. I feel like it was like, there was never really a question. I would never like even think to play in like something I didn't really like, you know, like it wasn't at, at first to like, I wanted to make a statement or anything. It was just like, Oh, what cute suits can I wear? Cause that's what I like. So it wasn't meant to be like this big, like statement or anything like that but I think it has kind of become that and I think it's more just like I love to embrace feminine femininity my femininity and I don't feel like everybody has to or anything like that but like you know we may be don't jump as high or hit as hard as the guys but we are women and like that's incredible and amazing and like I like to embrace that when I play and like not try and hide that um so I think that's a big part of it it's like I love clothes and I love fashion and I love to be cute and I love to like feel good and so like I just want to own that when I'm playing because that makes me feel good um and so less like a statement about like I'm a fashionista but more just about like this is like what makes me feel good as a woman on the court yeah would you say that's like how you express yourself totally. as a player person through your suits or your apparel totally and I feel like that kind of goes back to like that I feel I'm very passionate about like being my authentic self and I always have been um and I love being honest with people and that's like how I am like honestly like and I'm in Turkey and it's like we're doing nothing and not leaving the house and like I'll wake up and put makeup on and put on a dress and like it's snowing outside because that makes me feel good and like it feels better than like me sitting in sweats and like with my hair all like messed up because it's just like <laughs> you know when you like don't when you dress up you kind of like perk up a little at least I do so <laughs> I played with somebody in college who her motto was look good feel good do good and she always looked great on the court her hair was done she's had makeup on like and it was a confidence thing too mm -hmm. where like if she felt like she looked good then she was going to play better so um yeah that's yeah, kind of cool and it, i don't know like i just feel like going out there with my, like my dress like swaying around like it's just like it makes me feel good and it's like i feel like that energy thing it's like a good energy to go out onto the court would you or have you thought of starting your own apparel line 
I have, but I'm like really particular. That's okay. And like, I just like, I'm not at the point in my like career, I feel like, or finances or like, you know, to start it the way I would want it. And I just like, wouldn't start it unless, and put it out to the world unless it was something that I like really was proud of and really believed in. So um, not yet, but I definitely would want to one day. Would you do more like suits or like one pieces? I feel like a whole bunch of things. A little bit of everything. But I do like the idea of suits because I feel like suits are hard to find. Like it's easy to find athleisure, you know, but cute, functional, non-hoochie bathing suits, very (laughs) challenging. Very difficult. What would you, um, what would you name your style? Like if you had to give like a genre, I guess, for lack of a better word, um, of your style. I don't know. I think for me, I have like a like my uniform, and in the summer I strictly wear colors and flower print, and in the winter I only wear like neutrals. <laughs> and so, like, um, I don't know. Very, very seasonal. Yeah. Oh yes, I'm very seasonal. I don't know. I feel like it's just like me. I don't know. Just sauna. <laughs> I like it. But like my mom was, uh, she started. My mom was a pro golfer. And she start, or was a part of a company that started a tennis and golf clothing apparel line. And so I grew up, like, around clothes. I grew up in, like, being the fit models for their youth lines. I grew up, like, in the factory where they made them. And so I feel like it has been a little bit of, like, who I was and, like, how I grew up. And I saw clothes get made all the time, designs, like, from ideas to the product like I saw all that a lot as a kid so I feel like that definitely fed my love for clothes I, I didn't know your mom was a pro golfer oh yeah she's a beast does she still golf no like never but she's like always like my dad will be like oh we have like a firefighters golf charity tournament and my mom goes and just whoops everybody like wins everything <laughs> and my dad's always like yeah do, do you play as well um no I'm terrible <laughs> I like grew up on a golf course like so I like know how to play but I just, I'm way too ADD for that. (laughs) (laughs) Did you, um, you played a bunch of sports in high school too, right? Yeah, I played um, soccer, track, softball, and volleyball. Wow. Yeah, it was really nice. I personally loved it. I'm like a huge advocate for playing everything. I feel like it was so valuable to me in college and now because like, I feel still so new to volleyball because I never like only did it. Um, And so I just feel like I never got burnt out. I never like felt like, yeah, I just feel like there's still so much for me to learn and I'm just still beginning, it feels like, because like I didn't really start just doing volleyball until college. And then even in college, I was doing beach and indoor, and which are so different. Um, and so I feel like it was like the best thing for me. And it was honestly, I miss soccer so much and track. I just love it. Dana played soccer. Yeah, I, I love I love soccer. Soccer is so cool. Yeah, I used to play um, indoor futsal. Oh, nice. So I used to do that for a little bit with a bunch of people back in Chicago. And then um, it's been difficult to find a league out here. Women's only is what I'm trying to go for. Because, I mean, I'm not about to get trampled on by guys. Co-ed <laughs> is awful. Oh, I cannot imagine. Yeah. I would never. Yeah. And so, like, the sweat and the touching. I, yeah. like, no, thank you. <laughs> what what um, position did you play? I was a center mid. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's a lot of running, you guys. A lot of running. <laughs> a lot of running. But you did just mention um, your ADD. Yeah which you've talked to me openly about. Yeah. Um, so I was kind of interested in if you'd be open to talking about that a little bit more. Because yeah, definitely. I'm assuming there's been some struggles growing up with it, yeah. being an athlete, et cetera. I'm like super fortunate. I feel like my parents handled it really well for me and it worked out great for me, but I was diagnosed in uh, kindergarten <laughs> and I went to take all the tests and the lady told my parents that like 90% of the kids in juvie have the same scores as me. And so my parents were like, oh, my God, our kid's going to be criminal. Um, but 
No, so I started taking medication in kindergarten for about a week, and my dad was like, no, like, I'm just not doing this. Like, I, she's a child, and she's, should just, she's figure it out. And so I feel like because of that, I learned, like, a ton of coping skills, and I learned how to deal with it, and, like, I'm so grateful for that. Um, I did start taking medicine again in high school, and I have been since. I don't take it a ton because, like, I just don't like being on medicine, but it does, like, change my whole life. Um, like me as a human is just a higher functioning. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's been a challenge, but also I feel like it makes me who I am. And I feel like it's also like a really cool thing just to be so present. Cause I'm just like constantly like do, do, do. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely something that I think about and deal with every single day. But like I said, with my parents forcing me, like, and of course, helping me, giving me resources and tools to learn how to navigate it before I just coped with medicine, um, I think was huge. Like, I have a planner that I use. I've had uh, the same brand of planner since I was in fourth grade that I, like, live and die by because without it, I don't know where I'm supposed to, like, look. Um, and so I've just, like, learned little tools like that. And, like, I'm extremely hyper-organized now, which is, like, not really my personality, but I know that if I like, don't do this, I'm going to forget things like I will not, you know, I'll miss out things and I'll end up in even more stress. So I, you know, I get places 30, 40 minutes early because that's how I know that I won't be late or I won't miss it. So just little things like that, that I've learned how to deal with, like since I was so young and yeah, it's definitely, I believe it's a real thing. And I think a lot of people definitely really struggle with it. Um, but it's just like, finding a way and not just becoming a victim to it. It's like, how can I uh, navigate it? What skills can I learn? How can I like make the best of it kind of thing? Yeah. How, how is that? Um, has it ever affected your, your play when you're, when you're out there? Yeah, definitely. I think, well, um, I didn't get my medication approved um, from the governing body that does like the TUEs and stuff for a while. Um, you need like a ton of information and like, uh, I just wasn't on top of it. I didn't know how long and how big of a process it was and how often you get denied. So I got denied once and then my second time I got it. But I played in a few tournaments without medicine, which is uh, the first time that I had done that since like high school. Um, and I feel like from what I've learned about EDD, like adrenaline is the same thing as medication. Um, and so once the adrenaline kicks in, I don't notice it nearly as much because it essentially does the same thing as Adderall or whatever. Um, but I think like in terms of focus and practices and stuff, it's definitely, I make, it's a thing, it's a very big thing. And so again, the coping strategies, like how can I, what, how can I talk to my coaches and help have them help me how to, how can I explain what I'm going through, how I'm feeling, what I'm experiencing so they can better help me. Um, that's been big. And then just taking the accountability of like, okay, this is my job and I can't just like use this as an excuse. I have to find a way. And so um it's definitely an ongoing struggle and people I think oftentimes like especially when I was a kid was like oh she can't focus oh she's not doesn't care I got that a lot and it's like that's the farthest thing from the truth like I care so much it's just like sometimes it's really challenging for me to like stay and it's it's never been a lack of care because god I care a lot about everything but um yeah it definitely impacts like the whole vol every aspect of volleyball that's all good advice, though, for yeah. younger athletes, too, that probably there's a lot that deal with it. I mean, I had a lot of friends growing up who struggled with it and made didn't like Adderall and chose not to choose or not to um, not to take it. And 
And then there's others where, you know, they benefit from it and they saw the value in it, but they also diff had different coping mechanisms. So um, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> thank um, you. I think it's really important. Um, but yeah. We like to add or we like to end our um, episodes with this question. And I'm sure you've heard it already, but um, being that the name is called Bet on Her, the podcast, how do you take a bet on yourself or how have you taken a bet on yourself? I feel like how do you? I feel like you just do it 100%. And it's like when you bet on yourself, just freaking go for it. I feel like the halfway point is like the hardest part. Like if you're going to go for it, just go. And I feel like that's liberating and amazing. And when you see the biggest benefits from it and then how have I? I mean, I feel like anybody who's not like, you know, the top two players in beach volleyball, anybody who's playing beach volleyball is betting on themselves every single day. You know, it is it's a it's a gamble. You know, there's so many unknowns like we've talked about. So um, I think pursuing my dreams and pursuing this career is definitely a big bet on myself. But also like, you know, going and seeing Micah when that's like, you know, not exactly how it should you know I should be training or whatever but betting on the fact that I know this is what's right for me and I know that seeing him and spending time with him fills me up so I can go be a better athlete so taking that bet on myself is also another way that I feel like I've done that we, we like to open the floor basically to whatever is on your heart or mind um so this last piece is for you I mean if there's anything you want to share feel free to share it if if there's anything that you you know if you don't feel comfortable doing it that's perfectly fine but like we like to just open the floor to whatever you want to say or add if you want to speak to anybody or oh you know gosh. let us know about anything or yeah. yeah well I want to thank like so many people like <laughs> I'm like the most lucky person when it comes to the great people I have in my life and so I I would never ever be where I am and able to take these bets on myself and have the courage to do so to without like so many people in my life so I feel so fortunate to have been so lucky with like great people and great support system um but I think yeah to the younger generation um work hard I think is really important and have fun and finding that balance is like the most like magical thing I think um I feel like there's been times where I wasn't working hard and that wasn't very fulfilling and then there's times where I'm like you know, later on, now that I'm, this is my career, I've been worked so hard and like been so obsessed with being perfect that I've like spiraled, you know? So trying to find the balance between like the hard work and enjoying the process is like the most important thing, I think. It's good advice. Yeah. Amazing. Thank, thank <laughs> you for sharing that. Um, thank you for taking the time out of your day to hang yeah. out with us thank in the you studio guys here. for having me. This is no, so super fun. fun. Yeah. Um, thank you everyone for joining me on this journey and hanging out with you and getting to know you better and hearing your story. And thank you for trusting us to tell your story. Yeah. Thank you guys for letting me do so. Yeah. Um, this is the bet on her podcast have a great day everyone and cut cut